Hello and welcome to Off Leash, episode number 10. And today's episode is brought to you by It's Just Jerky and Curabella Grooming. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Amazing people, great products and services. You won't be disappointed. Today I had the opportunity to sit down with a gentleman by the name of David Escobar. Now just think about that name for a minute. Go ahead and close your eyes. When you hear the name Escobar, what comes to mind? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you're probably right. And this man is no different. He's in the same ballpark. His life is like a Netflix series. The stuff that this man had to endure... The experiences that he had in his life, the things that he made it through, and the fact that he is still alive and breathing right now is just a miracle. There is no other answer for it other than, wow, it is a miracle. Now, I'm telling you, this episode is off the hook. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. I'm your host, Rana Johal, and welcome, David Escobar, to Off Leash. Welcome to a Off Leash, These Mutts Podcast. Podcast. Get on. I'm not supposed to be here. I'ma give it to you raw. Straight jaw dropping. I'ma go and drop your jaw. Real stories, man. I'ma give it to you right. Straight fighters, Mike Tyson, away like fight. Ain't no giving up, nah, man. We off leash. Real stories out the belly of the beast. Real life, real facts. Straight overcomers, take that. Welcome to the Off Leash, These Mutts Podcast. Real life, real stories, with a high contact. Hey, and welcome to another episode. Actually, this is uh, episode number 10 of Off Leash of These Mutts Podcast. And today we have a very special guest by the name of David Escobar. Welcome to the show, David. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Rana. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I got to ask you a question. This is a question that I've had from several different people that once I mentioned who was coming on the show, they said, dude, you got to ask him this. And I said, all right, I'm going to ask him. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds a little scary there, but <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a setup, huh? <laughs> yeah, bro, what's really going on? <laughs> no, the name Escobar, any relation to Pablo? No. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I get I get that question all the time. Yeah, actually, and my dad used to say, you know, there were some because they're from El Salvador. Yeah, my parents are from El Salvador. I'm Salvadorian. Okay, and my dad used to say that there was like three brothers that were like, they caused a lot of crime and stuff in El Salvador and, and they were basically banished from that, 
whole from the whole country, and that he would say that um, one of them could have been could have been um, part of that family right over there. <laughs> so, and I was like, yeah, whatever, Dad. So, yeah. but in all reality, no. As I, as far as I'm concerned, no, I have no relationship with any, any of that. <laughs> and, that <laughs> and that's your final answer. Not that I know of, anyway. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't want the feds on me for this interview. Nah, nah. Yeah, I know. Huh? They'll be knocking on both our doors. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, what's what's really cool is you're not even here in California. This is our first over the phone interview. Tell us what exactly wow. where you're at. I'm in Maui, Hawaii. Maui, Hawaii. Yes. You know, as beautiful, bad, another beautiful day here in Maui. Dude, as bad as I wanted you here to be face to face, I think I would much rather be where you're at face to face. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Dude, definitely. Oh yeah, most definitely. Next time you have an interview, you got to come out here. Oh, get a flight ticket and get out here. Ideal. <laughs> uh, deal. Everybody heard that. That's yeah, out there in the universe. Real. So our next episode, I'm going to be there. So. Yeah, definitely, man. It's beautiful out here. You'll love it. So tell us a little bit about David Escobar and who you are today as an individual. Um, well, uh, today I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a husband for one, I'm a father. Yeah. Um, I'm a born again Christian. I, um, I have four, four children. Two of them are about to be adult. One, one of them is an adult already. Another one's about to be an adult, go to college. Nice. And I got a 10 year old and 11 year old and little boys and two girls and two boys. The older ones are girls and the younger one are boys. <clears throat> Dude, you probably couldn't and, have planned that out any more perfect than that. I know, right? Yeah, that Babysitters, everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's been a tough road, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's nothing a... simple. Nothing ever simple. No. <laughs> right? No. Um, but, um, you know, I'm basically out here in Maui and, uh, and as of right now, I'm not working. I was working at a, uh, one of the high end resorts out here in Maui, and uh, I was a I was a pastry chef mm-hmm. and um, baking some good stuff, man. You know what I mean? And and the Lord has put me in that and in, in that industry and learning a lot of stuff there. Uh, but as of right now, <clears throat> I've been laid off ever since the whole COVID thing, and ever since then. I've been doing a lot, man. I've been, I'm like a carpenter now and I'm a, I've been, I've been working on the whole house, building fences and all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> and then, and being a house, house dad on yeah. cleaning, washing clothes and on um, spending a lot of time with the Lord, spending a lot of time with my boys Yeah. Um, as they're doing like virtual schooling and stuff. So I don't have to have no one to babysit or nothing like that. So that's cool. So it's it's, um, it's almost easier just to go to work, huh? Man, I wish I could go to work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you for being honest. I tried it for a couple of days for my wife because we, we have four boys, and they're from mm-hmm. fourteen to six. That's that's the uh, age range. Yeah, and yeah, man, my hat goes off to her. She rocks. Uh, to all you moms out there, you guys all rock. Not, not oh, only yeah, they got two, oh, super man. mad respect, bro. Mad respect. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll go to work every day. I have to for you guys. Absolutely. Man. 
for I'm, sure. I might have to for call sure. in and sick even, on the other days. <laughs> and believe, believe it or not, bro, I really think that's the easier thing to do. It is. It is. It is. That's why I wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah, because you can escape. You can escape to the, you got to go to work, you're gone. You don't got yeah. to worry about nothing going on over here. Oh, definitely. You know, unless it's an emergency or something, you know? Yeah. But yeah. so you, you met, how, how is the, the, the COVID out there right now? Is it, is it pretty big? Is it going on? Is it popping? It's not too bad right now. Um, we, I think from like, I think like beyond, like from like all around the whole world, we're pretty much on the more on the lower end of it. Yeah. Um, and then especially Maui, we, I think our highest ever in the day was like 30 something, 40 something. Okay. You know, so, um, it's pretty, it's been going down a little bit, it's, but as it, as it was closed down, so we had closed, Maui had closed down for 60, so they wouldn't let like really visitors come and, now they still have like a quarantine and all of that. So you have to be until you get like tested unless you show proof of being tested and all that and being negative and all that. So okay. I know they're doing that right now, but, um, but yeah, um, it hasn't been too bad as far as that, as far as over here. Um, I know in California, it's been kind of crazy. My, actually, my brother actually passed away and they said it was COVID. Uh, in, in he passed away in August, and he had a lot of health issues. He was caught up on drugs and stuff too, and a lot of stuff. A lot of uh, he had diabetes, and he was really he had already had a couple strokes and stuff. So he had health issues, and he knew he was already dying. So I don't know. I can't really say it was from COVID, but that's what they put it on. They actually we did like a little virtue thing. Um, like a Zoom thing when he was in the hospital, and you know how they show on the news how people are dying and on their on the deathbed, basically. Yeah. Uh, with all these ventilators and all this stuff, and so he was looking like that. They they're showing him like that to us. And okay. Stuff. And so and that was like the day before he passed. And I'm sorry. Uh, so sorry yeah, it's been so we got hit. We got hit. Uh, my family got hit with it. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of. It was kind of a tough time to, to endure in that too, which I thank God, like I wasn't working for that as well, even though I never made it out to California to, um, to, um, you know, celebrate his life. And I was able to pray with him and stuff before he left. And, uh, yeah. and my parents actually came out here in December and we were able to um, do a little thing where we scattered his ashes out in the ocean at our favorite beach. Oh, and nice. we like put some orchids out there. We, me and the, the family went out there, went out there swimming and stuff. And we poured his ashes out. And it, it was so just beautiful. You could see like all these orchids, like literally like just flowing together uh, with the motion of the, uh, of the waves and stuff. And it's just, wow. It's just like, whoa, this is trip. So yeah. now like, we go to this beach all the time. That's like our favorite beach. And so now every time I go there, I'm like, wow, my brother's right here, you know? Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> I used to tell him, bro, he's going to make it out here. Uh, he was like, man, I don't even got a leg because he had got one of his legs amputated and stuff. And I was like, I used to tell him, man, don't worry, man, I'm going to carry you. I'll carry you to the beach, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I really did. I really literally. did carry him to the beach, bro. I literally, I'm the one that was carrying the ashes and I'm the one that poured it out. So oh, man. it was pretty... Yeah, I was pretty blessed, bro. So, awesome. So, what about the uh, the vaccine? Do you plan on taking the vaccine? 
Mm-hmm. Me personally, no. Yeah. I, I'm not really. I'm not really interested in taking it. <clears throat> yeah. I'm. Ne- I've never really been the type to take any government things. Okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, <laughs> I just. I don't fully believe in that. To me, I mean, for me, right. I don't. I'm not going to judge you for doing that. But I just don't. Talk, I, it's not fully proof for me. Yeah. Uh, there's only one full proof for me. You know that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead. But, say it. Put uh, it out there. Yeah, that's Jesus. That's my that, foolproof man. Is Jesus. There you go. And, um, Amen. And um, you know it's crazy because on um, I'll just share right now. Like uh, my wife is actually taking the vaccine. She's actually on her way right now to go take her second shot. And of course, she had me pray over her that the Lord would protect her and all of that because she heard that you know there's sometimes there's side effects on that second shot, but more so than the first shot. Okay. So you know and. You know, and she asked me about it before she won, even took the first one and stuff. And I didn't, I just told her, well, I just told her where, where I stood mm-hmm. with it. I didn't tell her, oh, you can't do that or you can't, because that's just not who I am. I, I allow everybody to make their own choices. Yeah. I speak, I told her about how I felt about it, um, but I wasn't going to, you know, condemn her or try to forbid it. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, if it, what if it saves her life? You know, or yeah. or something. How who am I to stand in that? You know what I mean. Yeah. And so, I'm I'm really, yeah. I was I'm just like okay with that. But as far as me, I don't know. I'm I don't even like flu shots, regular flu shots, let alone a a, a vaccine that's just been formulated. Yeah, I think that's my biggest concerns. I'm not. I don't know. I no, kind of kind of sketchy. Yeah, about it's, it. It's you and millions of others. You know, uh, there, there's people on both sides. There's people in the middle that are. They don't even care if they get it or they don't get it, but to to each their own, if you will. Um, but you you said something a little earlier. You said you were a born again Christian. So, who were you before you got converted or you had that encounter? Oh God, that's a good question, man. That's a long question. Um, hey, we have time. Well, <laughs> before, yeah. <laughs> well, before. Well, I mean, if we go as far as back as my childhood, I mean, you know. Let's do it. I, I'll, I'll just go from, like, when I was, first off, my parents came to the United States as, okay. and as, the, first, as the first generation and stuff from uh, El Salvador. And uh, and I was originally born in San Francisco and stuff. I grew up in the whole, Bay, in the whole East Bay area um, on Hayward, Fremont, Castro Valley. Uh, rolled with the guys in Oakland, and I remember literally on uh, I got jumped into a gang out of East Oakland at the age of 13 years old, and um, and wow, man, that right there is, and and I think that you know, um, my parents they they try to do good for me and stuff, you know, they they want us to live good lives, and I'm sure they want their you know like every other parent they want their kids to be brought up well and stuff and. I know my, that was my mom's part. She was a Christian. Um, but we had a lot of dysfunctional stuff going on in our household. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of abuse, uh, a lot of child abuse, a lot of uh, my dad used to beat up my mom and stuff. And yeah. so it was like we had, I had a lot of anger and really didn't feel safe in my own house. You know what I'm saying? So Did he... I took all that anger and all those insecurities and all that stuff and I took it to the street, you know? And I did that from, from from the age of 13 to about like 
28 years old. So when you and were so 13, did he, was yeah. he putting hands on you too or just, just mom? Oh yeah, he would beat us up. He would come home drunk, because uh-huh. he was like a raging alcoholic, and he would like he would beat us up for. I mean, you know, you know, something. You know, sometimes you know, I, I believe in spanking kids. You know, I, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I believe in that. The Lord said, "Don't spread a rod." I don't yeah. believe in beating kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're disciplining um, them. You're not beating them. Yes, exactly. Right. And well, I was getting beaten. We were getting beaten. On um, my dad would get drunk and keep beating on us. And uh, keep whooping us. We'd have welts all over our legs and our arms. I remember I'm a twin. So my yeah. twin brother, we would literally look at after we'd get whooped, we would like compare how big our welts were on our backs and stuff. And, oh, man. and uh, yeah, it was crazy. We would get a, beat, we would get a beating. Yeah. And, uh, and we were whipped too with like some different kinds of things, you know, different kinds of belts. And um, my dad had all kinds of like different, real thin leather belts. He was soaking in water and whoop us with it and, oh, wow. or he would have like this metal had these like this little metal plaque looking metal little dots all over his belt and oh and like like studs like, so, yeah like the metal studs yeah bro Ooh. we would get whooped with that yeah it was like and we would have fat marks on our arms and our on our we would have to hide them when we went to school and stuff, so people wouldn't know. You know what I mean? That we were getting beat up at home. Yeah. You know, I was scared of my dad. You know, we were all we we're all scared of him, even though he's like little. You yeah. know, I think it back now. I'm like, well, I tower him, bro. No way he's messing me now. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah I love him though, because you know what? He gave his life to the Lord. Yeah. And my mom both are now serving God, and they're pastors now. Oh, um, actually, wow. in in Modesto, California, too. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So God really did a, a thing in his life, you know. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, man. So then, then, so then I got in, involved in the gangs. Wanted to be cool. Wanted. I, I thought I was tough because you know I had all this anger, and we I hung around with a group that they all kind of had family issues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Either either they were like only had a mom or only had a dad or or, you know, their their parents are messed up or whatever the situation was. There was just a group of us that kind of was like, man, we're going to click up together and we're going to do this, you know. And so that's when that's when it all began, man. That that was the beginning. Yeah, basically, okay. that was the beginning. And um, we got so caught up in the different things. I remember my house getting shot up. We were living in Castro Valley at the time. And um I was only maybe like not maybe barely sixteen years old, and um, somebody lit the whole house up with seventeen rounds, <clears throat> shot it all up. Um, and I know it's by the grace of God that nobody got nobody got killed or hit because yeah. it was like where my mom and dad's head was was at. It was like bullets all on their head. I was in the shower at the time. It was like literally uh, a bullet right next to the window where the shower was at. Oh, so everybody uh, was home. Just, yeah, everybody was home. It was like late at night. Uh-huh. I just got home. And it was so weird because I had a gun, too. And I was like, literally, I put it down. I, you know, it was so crazy, man. This is what they talk about. You're like your gut feeling, you know? Yeah. I remember I was like sitting there and I, I was walking in the house. And I, right before I walked in the house, I kind of just looked outside. And it just kind of felt like an eerie type of feeling, you know? And then I went back inside the house and... And then I wasn't thinking nothing of it. I put. I remember leaving the gun on my 
on my counter, on, on my dresser in my room, and then I went in the shower. Yeah. But by the time I even had was able to grab the gun, because I had went as soon as I heard the pops, you can hear them, and you just hear seventeen pops yeah. letting loose, and that feels like forever. You know what I mean? And, I then, and you can hear thunking on the on the wall and stuff. And and I had my sister and all my family there, my baby sister, my older brother, his kids, you know, and all of that. And we were all there. And nobody got and hit. And all of a sudden, I remember running out. By the time I run out, there's like there's a freeway entrance like right there where we live. Yeah. So he was they're gone. They something that they're gone. Man, and nobody yeah. got hit. Nobody got hit. And you know what? It, it's so crazy because I remember the officer telling my mom uh, when they came and stuff, and they had to like they had to block off that whole area because they had an investigation going on and stuff. And they're tripping. They're like, "Wow, this was like a nine millimeter." And because usually those go through walls. Yeah. And uh, not one of them went through the wall. Not one bullet. Really? Trip. Dude. So that's... then we ended up moving. At, we ended up moving out of, out of the, the area and stuff because my mom and my, my parents were, they weren't, they worked really hard to have what we had and stuff. And, but, I, you know, I, I kind of blame, I kind of blame myself for it because. We were just really selfish, uh, involved in gangs and stuff, and we did a lot of bad to people, and so it was like, it was bound to happen, you know what I mean? And, and it just sucked that my parents had to had to be the had to kind of suffer for it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, what about your your siblings? Were they involved in gangs too, or just you? Well, you know what, my older brother he he was kind of somewhat involved. Uh, my twin brother was involved too. Uh, and I have a lot of uncles and uh, I have my uncles and my co- older cousins and stuff. They were all involved yeah. in gangs too. And uh, that's kind of what I, growing up, kind of what I saw and what I knew. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. why I wanted to be a part of it. You know, and I wanted to be a part of the gangs and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, that's kind of what, uh, I didn't just say, hey, yeah, let's just be in a gang. I was kind of brought into it as far as like family and stuff like that. Now, uh, I remember uh, last week sometime we were talking and you had mentioned something about you almost felt like you had sold your soul to the devil at one point where you were, mm. you had, mm. you were, tell us about that. Well, you know, um, I guess it was probably in a real dark time. It was really, a, it was a really dark time in my life. Um, I was probably around mm, maybe like 19 or 20. And, uh, you know, at this time in my life, I was <clears throat> selling a lot of drugs. I was pretty, like, pretty known, pretty Bay Area famous. And, and uh, uh, me and my, me and my buddy in, in, in the block, you know what I'm saying? We always had a, a group of, uh, a group of real, real, real deal cats around us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and basically, on. Um, I start, we started doing like some, uh, we were doing gangster rap music and stuff, stuff and started doing rap music and started recording and stuff. And I remember um, at this time in my life, man, I remember um, I was so dug myself so much in, into a pit that I just allowed the devil to like really take control of my mind. And I remember literally just telling the devil that I, that I give him my soul. 
yeah. if I could be famous and, and you can just give me all the riches and just let me be rich and famous and I'm greedy. I'm all of this. Give me all that fame and, 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 um, and this music and, and whatever I do, let me, let, let, let me, and you can have my soul. And I remember saying that over and over again to, to, to the devil, bro. And, um, so then at that point I was like, literally like I would walk around on um, trying to be imaged of him. I had pierced the middle of my eyes, uh, right in the middle of my eyes, I had a little barbell right in the middle of my eyes yeah. and I was getting all kinds of tattoos and, and I was, I would image, I had long hair, so I would put like little wires up in my hair and put like little horns on my head and stuff. And I would want to look like a devil, you know what I mean? And, and then I was caught up, but, but at the same time I was, I was like a savage dude, you know what I mean? Like I was one of those dudes because in Oakland, bro, it's like people would get killed every day, bro. And so it was like, you know, I remember even at 13 years old, we got older dudes coming coming to shoot up or shoot up the neighborhood. You know, we got older dudes coming to shoot up the that we're that we're funking with that we're 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 over here getting in gun shootouts with almost grown men at 13 years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it was like. It, 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 a lot had went on, and so as we stayed alive in it, thank God we had stayed alive. You know, we had lost them, and, and we had lost them too. You know, and yeah. so at that point, I remember after after let me bring it back a little bit, or on yeah. um, or after I moved away, my parents had moved. Uh, we had moved to a small town towards the valley and stuff, and um, I remember getting. I remember I got jumped out there on um, by some dudes and stuff. I was uh, I was a troublemaker, so it just didn't matter. It was like I was in that problem wherever I went, and um, so I ended up uh, I ended up stabbing one of the guys. And I remember when I stabbed him. I I remember when I stabbed him, and it was like where I had got jumped. Then I went back later, like about two weeks later. So I had already plan to get this guy you know what i mean and yeah and believe it or not it was like it was a small i had a big blade and i had a little small little keychain blade you know yeah well we we're going at we we're fighting and stuff and i remember he was he see I, was, I went to grab for the big blade because i was at this point i was like man i already got jumped i just want revenge and i want to i want to kill this person you know yeah and so i literally was trying to get my big knife and you know what thank god he he saw me and he was he he was like trying to outpower me. He must have knew, you know. He must have knew this was going to be it, you know. Yeah. So he wasn't letting me grab my knife, and I don't know why I grabbed the little one and just started stabbing him. And I like stabbed him like about fifteen, sixteen times with this little blade. Yeah. And um, which thank God, like it was a little blade because um, it did hit some arteries and stuff. So he was in the hospital, and I'm sure he, you know, who knows what, you know. Yeah. how that affected him in his life. Um, but interesting enough, I had got busted for it. And, um, but, you know, it was crazy because once again, the Lord's hand was on me, man. Cause you know, it was my mom and dad, my mom was a born again Christian at the time. And, and I know she, she had been praying a lot for us and stuff. But when this happened, I remember on um, the dad, the dad didn't want to press, the dad of that guy, of that kid, didn't want to press charges. And I remember he didn't want to press charges, and he, but he wanted to come meet. He wanted to meet with me and stuff. We, with me and my dad, and, uh, and sit and, and have a talk and some, 
place. I, I guess he said, he had set it up with the police officers or whatever. Yeah. And he says he won't press charges on me as long as he was able to meet with me. No, man, believe it or not, bro. It was like, he got, we got together and stuff. And all of a sudden I see this one older guy and they look like some guys that just got out of prison and stuff. And I'm, I'm just this young, young, crazy gangster dude. And, and, um, he just had to talk with me and he's telling me how, um, he gave his life to Jesus and he was a Christian. Really? And he, he asked me, he said, why were you, how could you try to, why would you want to try to hurt my son? You know, and I, and I remember telling them, I go, well, they, they hurt me first, you know, like they got me first, you know? So, and I, and I was playing the victim role. I was playing like, Hey, you know what? They came and tried to get me. They jumped me. I was the one with the fractured nose. I'm the one that was all beat up. I'm the one that got beat up by like 10 dudes, you know what I'm saying? And so I was like, I, I didn't have no remorse for that. I was like, I'm sorry, man, but that this happened to your son, but you know, so anyways, he forgave me and he just told me that he wasn't going to press charges, but he wanted to let me know that Jesus had some for my life and stuff like that and, wow. and all that. That's yeah, trip. yeah. Yeah. And so anyways, but I wasn't, I didn't hear all that. I, I, I ended up going, I ended up going right back to the Bay area and then I see this guy in traffic. Sure enough, this guy, he wanted to with me. And he tried to get out two of them. And then, so I had, a, I had a knife in my, big knife in my hand. I'm chasing them down the street. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm chasing them down the street with a knife. And, and this dude, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to get this guy. I and mean, this happened like about a month later. So, you know? so all this just happened over like a verbal confrontation on the street, like in, in your vehicles on the road. Oh yeah, just... bro. You, you never, have you ever heard that saying, man, I'll see you in traffic? Yeah. That then, okay, well, that's what that means. That, that was it. <laughs> okay, okay. If I see you on the street, bro, bro, don't let me see you on the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't let me see you in your car. Don't let me see you anywhere, bro. Because and, that, and that's what I was good for. I'd make sure I find you. You know what I mean? I was looking for you. You know what I mean? I was wondering, <laughs> me, and my, me and my boys, we were one that we were, that's what we looked for. You know what I'm right, saying? We were, right. and, and not to glorify that, but I'm just telling you where I, I'm speaking on the state of mind where we were at then. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. And, um, so, so, you're, so you're chasing this guy down, that down, down the road. So then I get, I get arrested. Right. And I'm a minor at the time. So they ended up transferring me back over here where my parents had moved and stuff. And I'm over here at this other little juvenile hall. And, and I remember the court and this is God. I just wanted to share this part because God's hand, I wanted to show how God's hand was on this. Um, so I remember I'm sitting there and, and, you know, they're telling me public defender and all these people are telling me that, um, um, you're going to, you're, you're going to be going to CYA. You're going to go to California Youth authority on um, basically like a young prison and, on um, prison for youngsters. And you're going to go, you're going to do like four to six years and all that. And, uh, because they started bringing up that prior one up and they weren't going to charge me with that, but they were going to bring it up. Right. You know, and so, so now they're like, okay, that's two assaults with a deadly weapon now, you know, and so you're, you're, you're washed, you know, and so I remember just putting my mindset like I'm washed. I'm, I'm oh, well, I'm just going to do my time, you know. It's kind of what we kind of expected in life anyways, because that's what we're, that's what we were doing, yeah. you know, and so I get in there, I get in the courtroom, and sure enough, I see my mom and dad, and both of them are there, 
thank God they're always there. I, I know God used them, you know what I mean? Because I know a lot of times it's the lack of the parent, man, that, that messes people up. Yeah. But um, I thank God I was fortunate to have my mom and dad, even though it was rough. It was, it was a rough one, but they were they were there. And um, I remember that I remember just praying, like God, whatever you want to do, God, you know, if you want to let me out, let me out, you know. That was it. I'm sitting at the table, and and um, all of a sudden, the judge looks at me and he goes, "Is Mister Is Mister S Is Is your dad here? Is Mister Escobar here?" And, he, and my dad was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Can you stand up?" And he stood up and he goes, is Mrs. Escobar here? And he looked at my mom and said, yeah, yeah, can you stand up? And um, they stood up and stuff. And so all of a sudden the, the judge was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna let you go on home arrest uh, for this amount of time. And, just, and all of a sudden, whoa, bro, I was like, what, home arrest? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden the DA was like, wait, 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 judge, hold on, judge. Do you see what's going on over here? You see, he has cool assault with a deadly weapon with a knife. There. He has priors, like, and all this yeah. stuff. He, like, literally was trying to smash me, bro. All of a sudden, he goes, I made my decision. He just clocked it, bro. Just like and that. And after that, I was like, just like that. Just like Man, that. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah, and I remember tripping at that time, but still, yeah, I still didn't learn my lesson. No? Still didn't learn my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> you knucklehead. Okay, so, so, what happened next? So then, you know, I, I of course, I, I did my home arrest and I did all that. And then I ended up going back and to that's, the Bay Area. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Again. you, so you did your house arrest here in the Valley, and then you're now you're going back back to the Bay. Yeah, and yeah, going back to the Bay Area and stuff. And uh, you know, at this point, you know, we we're just selling drugs and we're just we're we're just doing kicking it with girls and and going to clubs and. Where, where, or, or, or I was using fake IDs to get into clubs, and I was, you know, what I mean, like, yeah. and then we we're just funking with everybody. We didn't really care. We we're just drunk, um, getting high all the time, smoking weed all, every day. Every day I had to wake up to smoking weed, and every day I had to collect some kind of money. Every day I had to go do something, you know, do something, trying to live that life. I was living that, basically living that street life, and and um, I, I remember one time I moved to a different area, um, not with my family. My family had already stayed, and I had already left. So I was moving around. I, I had moved around all over the Bay Area at this time. I went everywhere, wherever I could go, basically. And yeah. And I remember I went to this one town, and, and I knew a few people there, but not really too many people. And we, we, me, me, and my, me and my boys were all hanging out. We were, we, you know, they would all come over to the house, and we ended up going to some party out there, and Sure enough, there was just some gang rivals over there, and I was only like 18, I think, at, at the time. And, and these gang members, they're a little bit older, maybe like 20 something years old. And, and uh, as soon as I walked in the party, man, they were like, like, try to hit me up, and, and then they wanted to fight and stuff. And so we were like, hey, man, check this out, let's go outside. And you know, so we all went outside, and and I remember we went outside, and all of all, sure, sure enough, again, you know, I got a knife on me, right? So yeah. it's like, it was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I, I, I love to fight too. Yeah. But it came to the point. It was like, I was afraid to fight that that somebody would kill me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if I didn't get them, they're gonna get me because that's how it was. You that's, know what I mean? There was that's no the caliber of people. Days. That's the caliber. Of yeah, people exactly. You, I mean, you know, with. there was fights. There was a lot of fights. Yeah. But 
it turned into a lot of a lot more different stuff. So I was to the point where I'm I'm going to win. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm not losing. You know what I mean. And so, uh, we they came out with some bottles, and as soon as I saw them coming out with some tequila, big old tequila bottles and all this stuff, right away I was just like, oh, they're done. You know, and so I literally, I mean, I remember we all just it just became a big gang fight. It was like about six of us and about three or four of them. And literally we just, everyone's fighting each other. And, and I just, I came out with a knife and I remember stabbing this guy like 15 times. Bro. And wow. Uh, it, that was something else. Cause that was like a really big knife. And, and, and I knew I got him, you know what I mean? And yeah, that was one of the, that was one of the, one of the darkest times of my life on, which I never really cared to share about that kind of stuff because, because of what it was, I'm not proud of that. On um, what I remember doing it um, at that point, at that time, it was just so easy for me because I had already had, I was already doing it. You know what I mean? I mean, me and my buddies, we would we would have a contest of who would who would stab the most people. Like we made a game out of this. Like it was like we had this. We were battling with this like murder spirit. We were battling with this just evil spirit that was just like, and a lot of it had to do with pride. Like, like, you're not going to kill me. I'm going to kill you. I'm stronger than you. I will take you out. You can't mess with this guy. This yeah. is what happens. I'm going to let you know what happens when you mess with this kind of guy. You know what I mean? You messing yeah. with the wrong dude. You know what I mean? And I want everybody to know it. And I'll tell you who I am. I'm not afraid. You know what I mean? And all that, you know? And 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 I remember doing that. And, and I left. And wow, bro. It was like. And I never really, under, really, never really, really knew what happened. I knew he was fighting for his life in, in the yeah. hospital. That was the last I've ever heard from that incident. And um, you know, I battled with that, even though you know it was a gang fight and stuff like that. And you know, in those days, on um, you're kind of praised for doing stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As crazy as sick as that sounds, you're you're like praised. You know, you you all you all of a sudden got a little bit on uh, you 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 ranked up a little bit. You know what I mean? Now people respect you more. Now people are afraid of you more. Nobody gonna mess with you because they know you're gonna come out and try to get them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it was like one of those things, and it felt good. Yeah, it I can felt imagine. Good. Yeah, yeah, it felt good at that age and with that much power. It felt good to know that you know what, ain't nobody just gonna mess with me because I'll take you out well, so quick. Let me ask and you so, this. You know, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So those games that that you used to hear about back in the day, where gang members would drive around with their headlights off, and then you would flash them, then they would kind of chase him down and either sh- shoot at him and do something like that. That that stabbing game that you were playing was kind of similar to that. So that stuff's for reals. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, oh, it's for real. So believe me when I say it's for real. So <laughs> how would you pick out your your targets? I guess you would say. Well, a lot of times, or were I they mean, just rivals? You, a lot, a lot of the times they were gang rivals. Okay. On um, and, and you know, and the sad part, the real sad part about it, bro, is that a lot of times we don't even know who they are. Right. So it was like they never really did anything. To us, I mean, unless they, you know, unless, of course, they shot at us or something like that. And, of yeah. course, we would retaliate or whatever. But, and we knew that they were going to try to get us. So, I guess that's where, where we where we had to be, why we were like that. It's because it was like, it's either you or us, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, um, 
but yeah, a lot of times, um, man, I mean, I remember with some of my folks, man, we would just go, we would just go out, we would just go out and try to shoot. We just go be a be drunk and go. We know a neighborhood that's that's a rival gang, and we just go shoot the place up. Yeah, see him walking, boom, you know, and on. Um, and so it, 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 that was a lifestyle that I was living, man. I, it got real dark, you know, and, 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 and I was so numb to it because it was like, once you do it, it's like, you kind of want to keep doing it in a sense, or it's so easy. Should I say, should I say it's just so easy to do? Yeah. It's like, Whoa, now I, I, I've done this and don't get me wrong, bro. Like as I got, as I got older and stuff, and I don't know if you want to get that, get to that part yet, but, um, you know, during that time, I was, you know, I was numb to it. I would do, I would take some ecstasy or, or do, do a couple lines of coke or something or, or whatever to just to um, numb that, numb all of it, so I wouldn't have to even think about it. Did you, you know? Did you ever experience betrayal within your own group? A what? Like, did you ever experience? Like, did someone stab you in the back out of, out of your own group? Like, what was your own gang even trustworthy? Like, the group of people uh, you surrounded yourself with? Well, you know, there was, there, there, was, there was always stuff. I mean, for the most part, not too much of that. Because yeah. we knew we were up against a lot. And yeah. they were small. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, and so, um, and to be honest with you, like, towards the end of my, you know, street days, um... I had got caught up. Uh, I, it was to the point where you really couldn't really trust your good friends anymore. Yeah. And um, you really couldn't, you really didn't know on um, if they were out to get you or not. And I think a lot of that had to do with, um, I don't know. I, I just believe that like now when I sit back and think about it, I still got love with all my, for all my um, um, friends from back in the day. I got love for them and I really hope and pray that they're doing well. I don't really, connect with any, too much of them sometimes on Facebook or whatever. And that's awesome. Um, but um, I really hope and pray and that they're, that they're doing good. But it came to the point we all kind of like split it up because it was kind of like, um, I think drugs had something to do with it. Maybe on, um, you know, what you sow is what you reap, you know what I'm saying? And, and things just get out of hand. Oh, this person thinks I got with his lady or this person thinks I got with his lady or, yeah. or that lady or, that person got with my lady. It just got real shady. You know what I mean? And, and to the point where nobody can trust anybody, you know, and it was just like, man. And, and I guess that really hurt me too. On um, um, when I was locked up, I remember being locked up and I remember like nobody really came visit me or nothing like that. And nobody really, it was like, you learned who your real friends are when you're away. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, so, um, yeah, man, it's kind of crazy. Don't get me wrong. I got love for everybody that I used to roll with. And, and you know, it's kind of crazy that you mentioned that because one of my one of my best friends, he's a youngster. And and I literally, we literally brought him up into the gangs and stuff. And he was kind of just like a, a searching soul, you know, like a lost soul, just trying to trying to find his find his way in life, you know, trying to find where he fitted in. And, and I just happened to be that bad guy that bad influence and yeah. brought him up into the gangs and stuff and um and i remember taking him on a on, on a shooting one time we went and shot some a rival gang neighborhood up one day and stuff and after that i remember it changed his life 
And I remember he just wasn't the same after that. He was really quiet. He was really going through it. Um, and then it was like a few years later, I was, I was locked up and he ended up getting killed by the police. And, um, and it's crazy. You know what's even crazier, bro? Today is the date of his death. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Today, today, uh, the, today of his interview is, is the day of his death, man. And, um, that's when he died about 19 years ago. And, um, and I'll never forget him, man. Even though he had, even he had such a good heart, even though, you know, we, like I said, we, we just got ourselves caught up and not so much we were bad people. It's just that we were just so stuck in one way. You know, it's like the enemy just had a hold of us and just wouldn't let go of us, you know, and we didn't even know how to, we, we probably didn't even, half the time we probably didn't even know we were stuck. You know what I mean? We are yeah. that was just the way it was. You were just a you product. You, you, you were a, a product of your environment at that time. Yeah, man. It was so, um, so then I, 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 I trip out, man. I was tripping out this morning when I when I heard all this stuff and when I saw that it was his anniversary of his death and stuff. And I'm like, oh man, that's kind of crazy. I'm doing this interview and I actually been, you know, I've been doing his rap music. So, anyways, let me let me get back to where we're at. Um, but yeah, so he got he got murdered and stuff. And so there was a lot of different stuff going on. And I just I kept going in and out of jail. I kept going in there. I was in Santa Rita like all the time. And this last time around, I was, believe it or not, I was, um, I got busted. Before I got busted, I was, um, I was going to kill somebody. I had made up my mind. I was plotting everything, got the gun for it, everything. Yeah. And um, I remember the night before I was like, I got so drunk and stuff. And, uh, and I was just like, okay, I'm going to get this guy the next day. Well, that night I had gotten really drunk and stuff, and I had gotten a big argument with my lady and stuff at the time. And um, she ended up calling the police on me, and I had a warrant. And as I was leaving, I had a bag with a gun and dope and 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 money and weed and everything. It was like they got they they hit jackpot, you know, when they yeah. pulled me over. And um, so I got arrested, and I and so. But the crazy part is, is that you know I got arrested for that, but I I. I it, it was like, I felt like it was like the Lord protecting me from actually doing that murder, bro. Cause who knows where I would have ended up with that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so, yeah. So he like stopped me and, and, and I ended up going to jail for that, for, for, for the gun and the, and the, and the drugs and all that, which was a lot, way a lot less, but you know, even the Lord had his hand on that too, on, on letting me off so clearly, you know, it was God, you know? And so I was just like, Wow, you know, and so, yeah, so I remember at that time I was I'm locked up in Santa Rita and I'm fighting this case and and um, this is kind of when I really just got with the Lord. I, a lot of different things happened uh, during that time. I was um, did a year in, in in county and I had gotten sentenced to go to San Quentin. Uh-huh. And um, but I remember during the time in county, I remember I was like, um. I had met this guy and he was like, um, he was from Oakland and, um, he was a heroin addict. And I remember he came in all heroin addicts out and I'm like, man, he's on my cell. I'm like, man, why are you bringing him in my cell, man? You know, like, dang, I got to deal with this, you know? And, <laughs> well, anyways, I remember like, um, and this is when the Lord started speaking to me. Um, I was reading the word a lot and didn't really understand 
you know, the full fullness of Christianity or a believer. Yeah. Um, just was reading a lot and stuff. And I remember um, how this guy um, came in and, and it was crazy because I had had a dream about this guy right before I got, to, I even went to jail. Really? Yeah. Like, and like, did you have a, like, was it just actually him? In let, your me share, let me share the dream with you. Yeah, yeah. So let me just share the dream with you. So it was like, this is before I went to jail. This is before I even, maybe probably about a month before I even was going to try to go murder this guy and all that. Yeah. I remember having this dream where it was kind of crazy that now that we're talking because um, in this dream, my buddy that was that we're talking about that got murdered, he was in the dream. So I'm in this hotel room with some other guy and, and a couple girls, and we're over there partying. We're doing drugs and all this stuff and um, drinking and partying. And all of a sudden, like, there's, like, these big old windows, right? There's this big old gigantic windows those were like the doors of this hotel room uh-huh. and all of a sudden um, I remember um, this guy he's all scruffy scruffy mustache scruffy beard and, and, and a short little Mexican guy and he's just looking at me staring at me through the other side of the window and I'm like what's this guy's problem man Like, and, and this is all my dream I'll let you know when I get out of the dream Absolutely. so and, and I'm like, what's this guy doing here? I go, hey, what are you doing? And I open up the door. The glass door, he goes, hey, what's up? He goes, hey, what's up, man? Is it cool if me and, me and my, my homies come in here and visit visit with you guys and hang party with you guys? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, but this is an expensive hotel room, so you guys better be cool. Don't break nothing. None of that, you know? And he was just like, all right, no problem, man. And so out of nowhere, I see all these rough, they're little guys, but they're like rough little guys, like tough been through some stuff kind of guys, you know, and yeah. like killers, like they just look like killers and they come walking in and they're all greeting me and stuff and I'm greeting them and stuff. And, and the last person that walked in was my buddy that passed away. Whoa. And he was already dead at this time during yeah. his dream. He was already dead. I'm like, Whoa. And I'm like, Whoa, come here, bro. What's up, man? I gave him a hug and all this stuff. And I remember telling these other guys that he was with, you don't know about this guy. This guy's a savage and this and this and that. And I'm pumping them all up about how, how 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 bad he was in the streets, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. and then all of a sudden, and then that was that. That was the dream, huh. right? So then the dream is over. Okay, now now I'm going to go back to when I was in, in, in Santa Rita, and uh, all of a sudden I remember this this heroin addict comes. He was on a, he was on a pod right right next to me, and I see him. I see somebody. The guards bringing him over there to my to to my pod. And all of a sudden, I'm over here working out, doing burpees and all that. And all of a sudden, I see, I see this guy come on. I see the, the deputy bring, bring up the guy to my to my cell, and I'm like, oh man, oh man, I got to deal with this, you know? Yeah. And uh, after that, I, uh, I remember on um, the the Lord. At this point, like I said, I was working out a lot. I was praying. I was praying. I was in the Word. And stuff and really didn't understand, but I at the same time I still had to hold my own. You know what I mean? It was like if someone had a problem, I had to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Regardless, it had to go down. You know. And I would tell him, and I remember talking to God. I was building a relationship with him, but just didn't really know. You know, I was just where I was at. You know. Yeah. And um, then 
I see this guy and we're, you know, we're, we're hanging out for a while and stuff. And, and uh, we're, ta- we're, you know, we're talking story to each other and stuff. And I don't know where I, I just remember uh, he had been, he had already went to prison and stuff. And he came, he's a, you know, he's a heroin addict and he comes back and he's like, um, I looked at it and I looked at him. He was all shaving and stuff. And, and he's all shaving. So he's a funny little guy, cool guy, you know, and, uh, he was a gang member and stuff, and he was just telling me how, um, and he was shaving his face in the mirror, right? And I was just like, and I'm walking around, and I'm like looking at the, looking out my little cell, like, you know, in the cell, they have like a little window. Yeah. I'm looking out the little window, and literally I could see big old glass windows as my pod. From the from the beginning of my pod, it was like these big old glass windows. And I was like tripping, I was like, wait a minute what is this? You know, what is this big old glass windows? And I remember sitting back and go, I, I, I've been here before. And I turn around and I look at him and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's that dude that was that dude that was in my dream that was over the, behind those glass windows. Yeah. That was telling me, can we come in and come to the party at that you're in my dreams? I was in, bro. Standing right next to me in my cell, bro. And then I'm just like, and then I see the glass windows and I'm like, oh, okay, wait a minute. It's all coming together. What, what this dream was about. So I'm just like, tripping. I was just like, wow. So I remember, um, I asked him, I go, bro, would you trip out, bro? If I said, I met you in a dream. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, bro, he goes, bro I'll, I'll call you Martin Luther King, bro. I have a dream, bro. And he's like <laughs> messing with me and all this stuff. And, and all, just clowning with me and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I know it sounded crazy, bro, but. I know what I dreamt and I know it was you, you know what I mean? And yeah. I know, I know, bro, you know, like it was kind of crazy. It was too crazy to be true because I seen the glass windows. I'm in this cell. He's that same guy I've never met before ever in my whole life. And all of a sudden I know his face because I seen him in my dream about a month before I went to jail. And, um, and so all of a sudden, you know, we're doing our time and stuff and, he comes and he comes in one day all upset at me and he wants to, um, he's like, he's kind of being kind of grumpy and stuff. And, and I, I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the bottom bunk and I don't know where he like literally was like, like talking smack to me, bro. Like he wanted to fight or something. And I was like, bro, really? I was like, man, I'll, I will whoop you right now, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you're tripping. Like, you know, and all of a sudden I thought I, I kind of, I don't get up, but I, I, I lift up because I was laying on the bed and I lift up and uh, I thought I got up where I sat up and so he pulled the blade out on me, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, what, dude? This thing's going to stab me right now? I was like, nah, man. And so I literally got up real quick. I go, bro, come on. I said, I'll whoop you right now, bro, with that little knife. That's just going to get me mad and I'm going to have you touching everything in here. Yeah. And But something in my heart knew that he really didn't want to stab me, bro. So I was, I was kind of like, like, go ahead, go ahead, bring it. And um, he literally dropped the blade on the ground and he just started crying. And, you know, I'm like tripping out. I'm like, this is a grown man and inside his cell who's crying to me right now and just talking about how he can't go back to prison. He can't do this again and this and that. And he was all saying how, um, uh, you know, my wife keeps calling. Uh, I'm talking on the phone. She keeps sending me all these stuff. And I guess his wife was pregnant at the time. And so he wanted oh, to be out to be, to be with her and stuff. And yeah. well, or maybe not. I don't know. He was on heroin when he got in there. So who knows? He probably drifted, whatever was going on. Well, 
he ends up showing me this, this paperwork saying that um, stuff that she was, he was like, look at my, what my wife keeps sending me. She's sending, and I started reading it. It was talking about all the, um, all the chances that the statistics of, um, of having a, a crack baby when you're a heroin addict. Yeah. And oh, I remember just like tripping kind of like, and he's just crying, full grown man, just crying. And I, and I, I'm sitting there like, man, I don't, I don't even know what to do here. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, really, I really even know what to do, but I'm, I'm like, man, I lived a vicious life and this guy crying right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> and he dropped it. his knife you know, I don't and he dropped his weapon. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I was tripping. So then, uh, but, but then it was like, I kind of, for some odd reason, I had got some kind of compassion for the guy. Yeah. I kind of, I like felt bad for him. I was like, wow. Like, because he chose to be a drug addict that he may have a crack. He might, he may end up having a crack baby, a baby that's not normal, Yeah, you know, and it's bothering him, you know, and he's ashamed and he's going through all these things. And so I was like, because, you know, he was like my little buddy in there, you know what I'm saying? We kicked it, you know? And so I was like, I felt bad for him. So I was like, Hey bro, you know what? I go, I don't know. I've never done this before or anything like that, but um, I could pray with you. Um, I could pray for your wife. I can pray for, for the baby. And um, if you want me to. That's what's up. And he was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, man. And so he let me pray with him and stuff. And and after that, bro, he was like so happy, bro. I was just praying over his wife, wife over, over the baby that the baby would be normal. Um, I was just praying. I, and I didn't even know how to pray, bro. I really didn't even know how to pray. I just remember as I grew, you know, when I grew up, I was going to church you know, when I was little and stuff. So I kind of knew a little bit, but I had never really prayed for nobody. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I remember, but I was in the word and I was praying myself when I was in there and stuff. So I just started praying like I was like normal, you know? And, um, Anyways, the next day, bro, we out we out there in part time, and I'm 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 all sick and stuff. I'm all sick. I'm like drinking chicken. I'm drinking soup broth and stuff, chicken broth and yeah. some broth to get better and stuff. And I, all of a sudden, I look up on the on the top tier, and uh, he I could see him and like six other guys for the for the first for the first time. I had been there for like six seven months, and that first time I ever seen anybody up there, bro. Um, during pod time, bro, these guys were up there praying, holding hands, praying. What? And uh, and he's calling me, "Hey, Sally, come on, come over here, bro, come." And I was like, "No, nah, I'm good, man. No, I'm I'm like I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm I feel like I got some some kind of weird virus, bro. It was weird. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I thought I was gonna die almost. <laughs> and so I remember <laughs> just like, "No, nah, I'm cool, man. I can't even be around nobody right now." But at that at that moment, I realized that. That's when I knew that um, it's like a domino effect. You know what I'm saying? I knew that God had some plans for me, that God wanted me to be used, was going to use my life, was going to use my testimony, was going to use everything that I'd gone through because he, he would have not accepted that from anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He accepted that from me because I was like him. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I realized at that point, bro, like I can't stop. I got to keep doing this. And and it's a and it's just a domino effect. One person you touch, you you God uses you for one guy, and then it goes to another guy, and then to another guy. So then I went through that, and then I ended up getting, I I ended up getting, he ended up leaving, I ended up getting another selling and stuff and all that. And I remember I'm still fighting my case and stuff, and 
And I remember I was there by myself for a little bit and I just really got with the Lord, man. And, and I started praying and I just started asking God like to lift up. because I felt like everything that I'd been through and everything that I did more so than everything that I did. Um, I was, I was pretty burdened by everything that I did. I was carrying like luggage, like I was carrying like heavy weight, you know, could you imagine like, uh, just like really like putting on like, let's say you're putting like about a hundred pounds. I remember there's a story they say if you, you, I forgot what story that is, but you, you, when you ever, when you killed somebody or something like that, you have to carry their body around and stuff. Mm. Could you imagine what that was, what that, what that luggage feels like walking around with that every single day, eventually it would leave you to die. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's how I felt, you know, in my life. And I had a lot of luggage. I had a lot of baggage and, and I remember just looking at it and I remember just taking a look at it. I had a time all by myself in this cell and I'm just talking to God. And, and I remember I'm just crying. I was thinking about, you know, the people that I hurt, the people that I, you know, hurt or maybe took out or, you know what I'm saying? Like who's, who's, whose family member that was, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and whose son that was, or who dad, whose dad that was, or whose brother, who's, you know, whose, whose family member that was and, and what they're feeling like, you know, and whoa, bro, I, I felt like this total pain in my heart, bro. And I was just like, Lord, I can't, I can't hold this. I can't hold on to this. I can't carry this no more. And I just started weeping to the Lord and I, and I just asked God, the Lord, to just take it away from me. Take it. I can't carry it. Grab a hold of it. I don't want it. I release it to you, Lord. I give it to you, God. And at that moment, he literally gave, took it, took it away from me, bro. And I, you know, and then I started serving the Lord and stuff. And, of course, it wasn't over yet. I still kind of went backwards and stuff. And um. It got caught up, but it was like bad when I went back because I went back and it was like I got addicted to crystal meth and all that, and and I and I had forbidden to ever do those kind of drugs because I sold those drugs and I seen my whole life that what those what those did to people. I used to make fun of them and all that, and so it was like when I actually got it was almost like I'm reaping what I was sowing again, you know. And so I remember going through this battle, and um, finally, man, I just gave up, man. The Lord just I gave up and I was just like, man, I'm tired of running, I'm tired of running. So that you know? baggage was almost like carrying your, your own cross, if you will. Yeah, pretty much. Man. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, so you, okay, let, let me do a little recap on this. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Okay. So, so you grew up in the street. You, you were beaten as a child. you, you faced and witnessed and endured uh, physical and mental stress and beatings. You got you got jumped into a gang. You you became active in this gang, and this gang actually, whether we like to say it or not, it, it flourished and it became it became exactly what it was designed to be, and it was successful yep. at that, and it was very successful at that. But with that with yep. that success there came a level of responsibility and that responsibility had to do with causing injury or harm to others to the point where, where it could, it could possibly end someone's life. 
and and things yep. like that were happening around you within your circle and and, and in your in your town and, oh, yeah. and people it was, were dying yeah people were dying uh, people yeah, in people your circle were dying, were dying. And, and it was going yep. back and forth to the point where you even said i'm willing to give my soul to you to to say yep. to to become even yep. to take it up a notch or two if you will to become even more successful in that field but even yeah. even in the midst of all that darkness, all that dark, no matter how dark it was, that smallest amount of light will shine. And that little light, and what I'm getting that that talk that you had with that with that individual's father, was like a little seed that was just tossed into your life, and it was just left there, and. And God kind of watered it over the years, and it just started to take little, little sprout, and it just began to grow. And yeah. then next thing you know, well, here you are today. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know what's crazy is because um, I, I, I still to this day I, I remember like as I when I was walking, I've been I've been walking with the Lord for like since I was like twenty eight years old. Yeah. Fully walking with the Lord, and. Um, and, um, and when I mean by, what I mean by walking with the Lord, I mean, I have a relationship with Jesus Yeah. and, um, I remember like my first couple of years, um, in serving Jesus and, and having a relationship with God. And I remember thanking my parents because during this whole time, you know, I would go visit my mom and dad every once in a while and stuff. And, and my mom would always be like, I'm praying for you, mijo, mijo, I'm praying for you, mijo. Yeah, I, I'm praying for you, and and I remember she would speak little different things into me too as well. She would say, you know, when she heard I was, she heard some rap music that I was that I recorded and stuff, and she couldn't believe it. She's like, "Damn, man!" Like she was so disgusted with it because it was, I was just talking about murder and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, she was just like, "You're gonna be rapping for Jesus one day," you know. And I used to laugh at her, and I'd be like, "Yeah, right, yeah, right," and all this stuff. You know, and the Lord was blessing their lives, you know, because they, my dad got saved and I remember he, he tried to, um, he asked me for forgiveness and stuff and, uh, and he was telling me how if I, if he would have known better and stuff, I would have been a better dad and all this stuff. And, and I remember I wasn't even ready to receive it at the time. So I wasn't there, you know, and I was like, man, I was like, well, I know for sure. I one thing that when I raise my kids, I'm raising them differently and I'm going to raise them saying, I love you. And, yeah. and, and being being and, and loving them, you know, and I so I like kind of crushed him, you know, while he was trying to make amends and stuff. And but but I remember like after a couple of years of actually serving God, I remember telling my parents. I remember I broke, crying, and just telling my parents, I just want to thank you guys so much for always praying for me and never giving up on me, because I know today that I'm only alive because. God has a purpose for my life. Amen. You know, you know, and uh, it's it's pretty crazy, bro. Like, even like you said, all those little, all those little things that God did, and you know, and I, I failed. There's a lot of there's a lot more stuff to this story. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, but I'm just gonna give you what I can raw right now. You know? And, <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, it's it's crazy because I remember as as a Christian. So now I serve Jesus and. I remember my first couple of years of as a Christian and I remember sitting there and there's like a handful of people that I know that are dead, you know, and, and, uh, that were going through my mind, 
And I remember like uh, seeing their faces and what they wore the last time I saw them and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember them like saying, um, I remember I was asking the Lord, I was like in this trance. I'm in my room by myself. I'm laying on the bed and I'm like in this trance. Like, I'm like, Lord, you know, what I don't understand is that if, how come, like, okay, I get it. Like, some of the guys that are dead today, yes, they were probably a little bit worse off than I was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then there were some guys that weren't, and I, I was probably worse than they were. You know what I mean? Okay. And they didn't, got, I, I was asking the Lord, I go, how come you didn't just save them? How come you didn't just take them out of darkness before they died? And then, and then. And and, and, and and let me let me die. How come you let me allow me to live uh, when they probably should have lived? Or how come like I, it was just confusing for me? Like how come you didn't save their lives instead yeah. of mine? Uh, because I did just as much, you know. And and I, so I was just didn't understand that. And I remember the next night, that same night, bro, I went to bed with that question, and I had a dream that same night. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm at the church, and I used to, I was before, I used to perform there, you know what I mean, at the church, and so I had to come at this church with like thousands of people when I'm up there rapping and stuff, and and all of a sudden, one of my old buddies comes up to me as I get off the stage, and he's telling me, he goes, "Hey man, I'm help, I'm here to help you out with your new album." I was like, "Is that right?" He goes, "Yeah, man," and I go, "Oh yeah," and he goes, he goes, he goes, "Yeah, it's going to be called, um, I prolong the days of your life." Wow. For the for, for the I prolong the days of your life to prepare the coming back of Jesus Christ. Wow. There's your answer. And and I woke up, bro, and I literally wrote it down on my Bible and stuff in my Bible and stuff and I was tripping out and I was like, Whoa, God's telling me I'm supposed to be dead. You are supposed to be dead. You are. But I let you live because there's a purpose. Cause I have something for you to do. And I, I'm and still to this day is I, 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 and I know that was like God's hook. That's his hook to me, for me. He's like, there's no way you can go back because if you do, I'm taking you out. So this is what I have for you to do, you know? And, and not that I'm like super scared of dying, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying like, he allowed me to live for his purpose. And so now I'm just answering that call now as yeah. we speak and I'm still and I'm still doing I'm like on my third album now I just released this one album on it should be on like iTunes and Amazon and Spotify and stuff and it's called Fivefold Fivefold um, yeah it's called Fivefold um, okay. and I go by King David okay and um, and you know it's just man it's just such a blessing man um, the Lord has done some things it hasn't been easy you know um, but you know I just I don't know. I, I think about that scripture. I don't know exactly what it is, but it says once you are forgiven much, so you love much. Okay. And, yeah. um, and so that's kind of like my testimony, man. It's like, man, um, I know the Lord has forgiven me for a lot of things, man. And so I'm just so, I'm, I'm just so blessed. And that's why I just love everybody. And I love, I love, I love life. I love everything, uh, everything that's going on. God has really put me on a, in a, on a different path. And, and it's all because of, uh, all because of him, you know, it's everything that he, he did on. Um, and yeah, I had to answer the call, but I, uh, but at the same time, you know, um, 
I, I could be dead. And he's kind of, and he showed me that, you know what, yeah, I'm alive for this purpose. So I'm going to do that. And so that's what I'm doing today, you know, and, and now I'm raising my kids and I'm raising my boys, they're little men of God, you know, they love Jesus. We worship here every day. Um, they see me living for God. I mean, I think your biggest testimony is not even just your story, but it's, it's who you are every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's who you are every day. And, and, and I really, really just, um, seek the Lord because I, I, I know what he delivered me from. I know where I could be. And I'm just so overly overwhelming grateful for it. You know, isn't it amazing how God will take the, the skill sets and the talents that you had on the streets and turn around and convert it for good and for, and, yeah. and, and for his glory. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's well, you know, what's so crazy too. I, I, I made a deal with the Lord. Well, I'm not going to say deal with the Lord, but I made a commitment there you go. that yeah. um, because of my boy, my boy that passed away when his, uh, his actual date was today that, you know, he passed. Um, I, um, I made a commitment because I was basically, I was pretty much one of the ones that was one of his, one of his mentors, you know, in the streets, you know what I mean? And so I made a commitment that, you know what, if I had that much of an influence in the streets, then I'm going to have, I'm going to go on ahead and and start working with the youth and and, and being influenced towards the things of the Lord, you know, because uh, as far as just giving back, because I, I wish I could have been that for him, you know what I mean? And, and now that I, even though I wasn't, I feel like the Lord has given me another chance to be able to do that as well. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I remember, I think it was 2009 or 2010 when I first met you and I, and you were having a, a show at your mom's church and, uh, you were putting on a show and there was, I mean, the level of influence that you had on these, on these young teens was amazing. There must've been 30, 40, 50 people there. And, yeah, yeah. and, and I remember they were all dancing. They were just having a good old time. They were praising God. You had, you had kids on their knees that were crying and praying. You had people that mm-hmm. were just excited to be able to be somewhere that wasn't going to cause any harm or trouble to their lives, if you will, but still, yeah. but yeah. still enjoy it, you know, and, and participate in, uh, participate in the things that they used to, but in a glorified manner now towards God. And it, yeah. and it was awesome. Amen. It was awesome. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, so, I, yeah, and then now, and now I'm, I'm, then the Lord called me to Maui and, and that's been a whole different thing. And don't get me wrong. I'm blessed, bro. Like, yeah, I mean, no, it's not a better place to live. We've had our ups and downs here on as well, but you know what? The Lord is, I mean, I guess you're always going to have, we're not exempt from life, but we're, but we totally have God's grace in our life. And for that, man, uh, man, I'm truly blessed. And wow. I mean, man, I mean, literally, I mean, I, I'm a part of a real good church on, I have actually performed a lot over there and we did some outside ministries at the beaches with the homeless and stuff. And the Lord has, has been using me over here as well with my neighbors and, and, I've, I've, and then most of all, the Lord has really, really got me ministering uh, to my family, to my kids. And, um, and I really feel that the Lord is using me to, to pass the mantle, you know, to my boys mm-hmm. and to my girls and, and, to, and to their lives and to their generations to come, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm blessed, man. And, man, I would love for you to come out here, come enjoy, get, get some relaxation, man. I mean, man, sometimes when I'm going through some things or whatever, I just go up the street, go, go in the ocean and, 
and I just pray to Jesus and admire his creation and and I thank him so much and 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 wow I'm like I I, I totally sit back and be like wow man I remember where I was just be bro and then I'm like here in the in the middle of the ocean just lounging and I'm just like wow God this is how big you are yeah. you know this is yes. how big you are Lord like nowhere in a million years I thought I'd be dead by now. I, th- I mean, I thought I'd be dead like a year, like 20 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and now you're in Maui, big dog. And, now you're out in Maui chilling on the bro, beach. Dude. For real. You know what I mean? For real. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, man. I'm like, wow. I'm uh, really blessed. And, uh, that's awesome. Uh, but, you know, the fight's not over. You know, ain't nobody arrived yet. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we, uh, we continue to pray, continue to reach out. And, uh, man, I just want to encourage Whoever's listening to this, man, that um, Jesus loves you, man. Um, yes. And if you know that he's t- tugging on your heart, man, just don't don't reject him, man. He has so much goodness, man. And I know sometimes that goodness feels so far away, bro, but it's not, man. It's right in God's hand. And he's just like, come and grab a hold of it. Yeah. Come and grab a hold of my hand. Amen. And I will take you to places you would never even imagine. Well, let me ask you so this, David. Is is there is there an Instagram where if people wanted to reach out to you or get a hold of you or your music that they can do that? Um, I do have a Facebook. It goes under Linda Escobar. Uh huh. Linda, Linda, and David Escobar, and then I do have an Instagram. I believe it. Oh, it looks like we just got disconnected. Hold on one second. Check that out. Yeah. Technology's awesome. <laughs> yes, sir. And so, um, yeah, on my Instagram, you know, believe it or not, I'm not, I don't totally do all this stuff. Oh, no, no, it, it's okay. It it's okay. I'll uh, yeah. get it from you later. And what we'll do is okay. we'll, we'll set it up on our, on our Instagram page. We'll have a link to yours nice. and, and for your Spotify, we will look up King David and your album Fivefold. Um, everybody, go check that out. Look it up. Uh, invest, invest a little bit of money into it. It's going for a good cause. You know what I mean? Don't, don't be stingy. We spent five bucks on coffee. You you can download yeah. a couple of tracks. Well, you know, and you know, and, and, and like for me, it's not even about the money, bro. Right, right. It's, it's about being uh, it being heard. And exactly. being blessed by it, you know, exactly. and allowing the Lord to uh, bring you some goodness, man. Uh, you know, everything else, man, is empty. You know, all this other stuff is full of emptiness, and and and, and it's a fallen world, man. So, you know, um, the things that we do are eternal, and it's forever, man. And that's that's the promises of the Lord, man. And so, Amen. yeah, man, and I encourage everybody, everybody, get this, get this album, man, and let it bless you, Amen. definitely. Because you know what. Uh, Music is the best way to to reach people, I believe, because you can connect on so many different emotions and memories with that individual. And people listen to music. And it's yeah. it's powerful. Yeah. It, it worked on me. It works on a lot of other people. I mean, I can, I can play a song. I can make you either cry. I can make you extremely pumped up and full of an adrenaline. But when that story resonates with the individual, it 
it's like peeling back the layers of an onion, if you will. It, it gets down to the bone and to the marrow. So, yeah. you know, music is a good thing. And you're a very blessed man, David. It was a pleasure, absolute pleasure and a joy to have you on the show. We thank you so much, man. Thank you, bro. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Man, for sure. Hey, man, do you mind if I do a little quick prayer? No, absolutely. Go for it. All right. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, God, for who you are, God. I thank you, God, for for Brother Rana, Father God. I thank you, God, for this opportunity, God, to to just speak about everything that, Lord, that I went through and yes. and how I wasn't I wasn't a part of you and you brought me to you, Lord. And Lord, I just want to pray this blessing over every every person that's hearing this right now. Yes. I pray that you just receive Jesus today yes. in the name of Jesus. And he's just calling your name. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I pray over uh, drug addiction. I pray over gang violence. I pray over murder spirits. Yes. I pray over... Um, Home uh, domestic violence, child abuse. Um, uh, I pray. I, I pray over just, just um, pride. I pray over influence, bad influence. Um, I pray over just every demonic attack, every de- every devil spirit to leave your homes, leave your lives right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. And Lord, forgive us. Forgive your people, God, for all of our sins, God. And we love you, God, so much. In Jesus' powerful holy name, amen. Amen. Thank you, David. All right, Right on, Ronnie. Yes. Amen. God bless you, brother. Be blessed. Call me when you want to come out. Absolutely. No, it's a date. Uh, The ocean is my wife's happy place, so we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. All right, brother. All right. Thank you, everybody. Once again, I am your host, Rana Johal. This is episode number 10 of Off Leash of These Mutts podcast. And today was David Escobar. Thank you. Off Leash, These Mutts podcast. We up. We out.